everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful summer Sunday. We've got a great show today, and we got a we got a studio jam full of guests. The Rammies are coming up soon, and you know we've been zoomed in on the nominees. Well, don't you want to talk first about the beautiful music we're listening can to? Can they hear it? Can they hear it? Can we hear the well, music? Well, I, I will. That's David Shulman, and you're going to hear about it in a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. Already okay. she's on me, you know. All right. Uh, so um, uh, the Royal is nominated for Cocktail Program of the Year, and the Royal's bar manager, Andrew Larson, is in here, and he's going to shake up some of their creative cocktails and uh, pour us a taste of their new summer rosé. Grammy nominated. Woohoo! That's pretty hey, exciting. All right. So... And then we're going to get super boozy in studio today because we don't have anything better to do with our time. Uh, we have some fabulous cocktails being poured, but we're also going to be having some delicious wine. So you all know about the Jefferson Hotel. It's one of the most storied locations in the city. But even more so is their fabulous restaurant, Plume, which is Michelin starred. And David Metz is in. He's a very highly regarded sommelier, and he is brought in a whole array of delicious wines that we are going to try today in studio, and he's going to give us a little a little wine education. They have the, one studio. of the last bottles of 1720 Madeira, which he's going to give to me because I'm so... Right, because you're so David. great. Because you're right, so great. Because so, I'm so handsome. Right. All right, so Kenoshi is a restaurant within a restaurant uh, inside of Alta Strada, and it's offering a special... It's a tasting. secret. It's yeah, a secret restaurant. It is, but it's, it's an awesome restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenoshi means do you know in Italian, uh, it's kind of mysterious. It plays. It's this sort of a back entrance through Alta Strada. Kenoshi chef George Rodriguez is in to reveal some of their best kept secrets, and we're going to turn "Do You Know" into "You Do Know." You do know, and you should go too. Right. We've eaten there, and it's fabulous. And the DC Jazz Festival has is about to begin, right? Yeah, it's June almost 9th. about to start it. Um, there's going to be 125 performances. 40 venues. It'll be an incredible array of emerging and master-level jazz right. musicians. Conrad Kenley's in here. He's the chairman of the D.C. Jazz Festival Board. Sunday Sumter is the board's executive director. And in the background, you're going to be hearing one of the performers, celebrated electric violinist, violinist, David Shulman. He's the creator of theme, mu- theme music. Oh my God, uh, you're you, having a lot of problems getting those I, words you know out of your what? mouth. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> uh, but he created the theme music for NPR's Big Listen, so we're going to be chatting about the festival, and uh, David's going to be playing us in and out of our breaks. Which is so much fun. And then, wait, there's more. There Back more. in studio, Amanda Nover is here. You know her from Food and Friends. They have their tremendous Chef's Best event coming up on June 19th at the Marriott Marquis. She's going to give us the 411 on what's going on there. Uh, but first... Yeah, I've unstraightened my... I mean, straightened out my tongue so I can talk now. Okay, great, because you All have right. the wrong headphones. But Mitch Berliner's on the phone from uh, Central Farm Markets. Mitch, what's happening at the markets today? Well, good morning, good morning. Hi. As you can hear in the background, we have live music at all our markets every week. Featured today at the Bethesda Central is heavy traffic ahead. There, We have live music every single week at our markets, and it's fantastic. And um, 
As far as the wine tasting is concerned that you're having here today, I sure hope you have somebody driving you home. Oh, we will. Very we'll make important. sure of it. Don't worry about and it. We have many vendors, by the way, here. They'll be participating in the food and friends event, including meat crafters and a host of others. So, um, you know, we love to support, along with the other local chefs and the food community. Well, All tell us what's, what's really highlighted today at the market. I'll be happy to. This is the start of raspberry season. We have purple raspberries, raspberries red raspberries, and the very elusive, fantastic black, black raspberries, Yum. which are a cross between a red raspberry and a blackberry. And so come on out, and you can always sounds course, like a find blind out. Date. It does sound like a yeah. blind date. Well, you know, Mitch, we were there last weekend because we didn't have a show. And, I mean, I just have to tell you, there are so many vendors there that have so many fascinating items. Can you just talk very quickly about the woman with the shelled peas? Because that was my oh, favorite yes. stall. Thank you. Um, th this is the only farmer that I know that has it. I've been trying to, uh, you know, get somebody who has this. They're on the eastern shore. It's called Thomas McCarthy's Farm, and they actually have a sheller. So they have fresh peas, limas, things like that through the whole season. It started about three weeks ago with peas. We have them there today. As a matter of fact, we have a chef's demo, and we're using a bunch of their products. And uh, so then we go to limas and all these different beans right through Thanksgiving. So we will have fresh shells, different varieties of beans and peas, etc. Uh, right now and right through the season. Terrific. Okay, Mitch, tell everybody where they can find you, please. Okay. Well, thank you. And by the way, very quickly, we have a fashionista show for dogs at the Mosaic Central Farm Market to raise awareness and money for the Diabetes Association. We always like to hook up with the uh, local charities etc. And so if you want to find out what's happening at the Bethesda and Mosaic and Pike Central Farm Markets, just simply go to centralfarmmarkets.com, sign up for our e-blast, and we'll see you next week on okay. a brand new show. Okay, great. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you. So let's turn to the liquid portion, portion of, of the show. show. Andrew Larson is the bar manager at the Royal you guys opened, really, only two, like two years ago, and you're already a Rammy nominee. How did that happen? Uh, I'm not sure, other than just, <laughs> just being oh, awesome. Shucks. Yeah. I know. Making the best cocktails that we possibly can. Well, give uh, us kind of the 411 yeah, talk the Because the Royal's a really interesting space. We had you guys in when you first opened, because you were known for your arepas, right? Um, which are, did I say it wrong? Arepa. Arepa. Sorry, my pronunciation sucks. Um, but uh, but you guys, you know, you're like a coffee shop and a restaurant and a bar. You have a lot going on there. So get, walk people through it a little bit. So, yeah, we're uh, coming up on our two-year anniversary this month, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, we try to be a all-day place that you can come. You can come in the morning and get breakfast. I would do, like, a Rapa Rancheros, which is fantastic. Uh, you can do coffee all day long. Um, and then for afternoon and evening, we have a <laughs> wonderful happy hour. Uh, it runs from 3 to 7, um, seven days a week. And you can get $5 cocktails, and we can also get some really good uh, bites with the happy hour as well. And what we makes that cocktail program so special? Uh, we really try to focus on using unique spirits and exotic and unique fruits. and Like? Uh, passion fruit. Uh, we, uh, we're going to do... Uh, That's my favorite word. Yeah, passion fruit. Pa just passion. <laughs> uh, we're going to do the RHCP cocktail, 
uh, that has... Wait, say that again? RHCP. What does that mean? Uh, Red Hot Chili Passion. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and it's got a coconut lime oleo mm-hmm. that I make myself. What's an oleo? Uh, it is... You take citrus peels and you blend, uh, mix them with sugar and mm-hmm. it pulls all the oils out so that you get like a syrup... It's Ooh. just citrus oil. Sounds like that song from the time. You know what yeah. I mean? O-E-O-E-O. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I mix that with the coconut Yiddish version oil. is oy vey, oy vey. <laughs> <laughs> And we mix that with passion fruit, uh, peshat aperitivo, and a little bit of rum. And mm-hmm. then you spice it up with uh, uh, fire water tincture. Gives it like a really big like kick. All but, right, we're going to let you make that. Yeah. And then we'll come back to you later on the show. We'll find out more about how you communicate with the chefs and you put that cocktail program together. Now we'll okay? turn to the highbrow drinking. So while you're making one set of cocktails, we'll get into some wine. So Hi, David. David Metz. Good morning. Look at you. Okay. Here up early in the morning. So tell us, let's start off with, with Plume. I mean, there sure. are not many restaurants in town that have a Michelin anything. Mm-hmm. And you've got a Michelin star. Tell us about Plume and how that all happens. Yeah, so Plume is just a uh, beautiful restaurant in the heart of the Jefferson Hotel. It is uh, a beautiful yeah, restaurant. Yeah, it's a gorgeous, it's so gorgeous place. I, I walk in. I, my job, first of all, is just not, not to break anything. It's a really, really beautiful spot. <laughs> How are you doing spot. on that? So far, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. That's why we don't good. come in. Yeah, Full and try in the shop. Um, but yeah, French and American cuisine. Uh, so we sort of um, mirror that with the wine program. Uh, it's French and American focused. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also trying to give a holistic uh, worldview of wines and uh, introduce uh, wines from other parts of the world that may be a little more um, you know, uncommon, uh, but still have a place uh, that fits with our menu. Well, as you're putting, so when you started, how long have you been at the at Plume? I just, I started December 20th. Okay. So you, there was already like a, a wine program in Oh, yes. Place. I inherited a candy store. Yeah, and, you did. Uh, yeah. Two, two, my two predecessors, I hold in very, very high regard, very, very talented sommeliers. Uh, they built uh, quite a foundation. I think we have your, not your predecessor, but the one before that. The Michael. First. Yes. Yes. Scafidi. Michael Scafidi. Very, very close, smart sommelier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had him in studio. Um, but so now that you've inherited this candy store, so mm-hmm. to speak, how do you put your mark on it? What do you do to to add to it and build to it? So my first uh, uh, order of business is to make sure that the wine is is good. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean, you know, well made. Uh, does it speak? Oh, to I, you don't get it... to taste every wine. Oh like, no, oh, I certainly do. That. Absolutely, sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 you know, good in a sense that I may not like it. Mm-hmm. But if it, uh, if it's, uh, if it's well put together, if it's well crafted, if it speaks to a place, speaks to a grape, uh, finds a place on our list, uh, works with the food, maybe it's somewhat off the beaten path. Uh, then you know, I'm very, very interested in that. So definitely trying to do justice to the Madeira program that, that was laid in front, uh, all of the wonderful depth uh, in France and Italy and the United States, and then you know introducing some new countries and new areas. Uh, that, that's that's kind of my mission. Well, but, when we come back to you later, I'd love to get into more about your Madeira program because sure. it's such a – it's not – like a beloved wine nationally, you know mm-hmm. there are those who like it, but it doesn't. It used have, to be. It right. used to be. Historically, centuries ago. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. During um, the time of Zorro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was Zorro's go-to. Right. So tell us what um, what wine you're pouring first. So the first wine we're going to pour is a wine from Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a wine that uh, we added uh, by the glass. Uh, it's from Paradise Springs, and Paradise Springs is actually the closest winery in proximity to the District of Columbia. They're okay. in Clifton, Virginia, and they make a beautiful uh, interpretation of Chardonnay. This is their 2015 vintage, and I love pouring this for people who are one who might poo-poo Chardonnay. Like, oh, I don't like Chardonnay, and my response is always, well, have you tried them all? And invariably, no, no like one's tried Like what I said about the California Rosé. Correct, yes. <laughs> and so let alone a wine from Virginia, and I think that this wine really speaks to a place. 
you know, it has balance. It's pretty. It's it's not overly oaked. It's not overly buddy. It's right down the middle, kind of walking that line between, you know, the elegance of Burgundy and maybe that, you know, richness you might expect from California. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love pouring this for people by the glass. It's on uh, one of our tasting menus. Um, yeah, I just can't say enough Great. good things All about right. these We're going to let you pour that. Well, I've got a question. We've got about a 90 oh. seconds for the okay. break. Sure. <clears throat> At what point when you were growing up did you say, I've got a palate that, because I don't. My palate mm-hmm. is dead to the world. But yeah. Um, uh, I won't it's only because he doesn't exercise it. No, enough. it's just it's not me. Right, but Conrad? At what don't point you need you to exercise yourself, your this palate? Is, this is what I get, and this is what I want to do, and this is what I have a talent for. Um, I would say when I was 25 and I fell out of love with teaching music. I used to be a high school band director. That that one time at band camp, that was me. And uh, I don't want to know the rest <laughs> of that story. <laughs> I was talking with my grandfather, uh, Ivan. Uh, and he was 85 at the time, and uh, we were talking over a bottle of wine. I said, you know, Grandpa Ivan, I'm 25 years old. I have no idea what I want to do with the rest of my life. And he said, you know, David, I'm 85. I have no idea what I want to do with the rest of my life either. <laughs> and I found a lot of solace in that. And the the wine what we had was sort of meditative, and it was a really great conversation. And I started thinking about it, and he was really into wine. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kind of went from there, uh, kind of had my uh, uh, moment with Burgundy a few years later, and then... Uh, started studying get, and got serious about it. And now I'm I'm very, very happy and thrilled and, and uh, humbled and uh, honored to do what I do. All so right, I'm a very, great. very happy well, person. on that note, that humble note, let's go to commercial. Right. Oh, well, so this is David and Nikki Nels with Foodie and the Beast. We're going to be drinking some wine, drinking some cocktails, and we're getting into some ooey-gooey pancake sandwiches when we get back. And David Schulman's going to play us out. There we go. Jazz Festival. Uh, quickly, I want to remind everybody that the market at River Falls has a really an awesome offer. All beef is 20% off. They're a great sponsor of the show. We want to be sure everybody knows it's all local grass-fed beef from the Shenandoah, uh, prime-grade Wagyu from Texas, all good, and 20% off. Am I selling it? I hope so. Get okay. Over- Get over to River Falls. Can we also talk about the uh, pancake burgers that have been brought in studio? Has everybody checked these out this morning? Uh, these are pancake burgers. They are now available at Red Apron Butcher Burger Bar. We're going to cut into fast. these and pass them around for everybody. They are ooey gooey. Go to Facebook Live. Where do they go on Facebook Live? Tell Nikki Nellis. Go to my Facebook page, and you'll see everything that's going on in studio yeah. this morning. All right. Let's get into the Jazz Festival. All right. So Conrad uh, Kenley's here, and Sonny Sumter are here, and... Electric uh, violinist David Schulman's in the background. Guys, DC Jazz Fest. Yeah. Tell us about it. Why Why do one? What's the call for it? And what's going on? Well, there's a, a good friend, uh, Charlie Fishman, who was our founder. Yeah. His significant background was he was Dizzy Gillespie's manager. And so a guy who had the trust of musicians with no money could actually put on a jazz fest. Maybe I should put on a jazz fest. <laughs> I don't know. I met Charlie in uh, 04, and he said it's time that D.C. Uh, presented the music here, jazz, which has a rich tradition. And here we are 13 years later. I think I met him when I was in Leadership Washington. I think you did. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Here we are 13 years later. Um, 
one of the fastest growing festivals in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sonny Sumter, who works tirelessly <laughs> to actually make the festival happen. For the love happen. of it. For the love of it, right, <laughs> can, Sonny? Can fill us all in on the details. Well, D.C. Uh, Jazz Fest actually is happening right now as our prelude at Jazz Families Fun Days at, right. the, at the Phillips Collection. We had 2,600 people yesterday. We're expecting just as many today from noon to 7. The big thing kicks off June 9th through the 18th. Mm-hmm. We're doing an opening ceremony featuring Donnie Hathaway's daughter, Layla Hathaway, at wow. the Historic Howard Theater on Friday, June 9th. The next day is uh, Jazz Legends with Roy Haynes and Ron Carter. Uh, we're also doing, you know, 22 neighborhoods of jazz, including David Shulman, who will be at the Hill Center and also performing today at Jazz and Families Fun Days. Our big blowout is at Yards Park, mm-hmm. Capitol Riverfront neighborhood, because the idea is 22 neighborhoods were citywide celebration. And we're doing three days. We're expecting 15,000 people over three days. We're bringing in amazing I artists think you're from around the world. underestimating the crowd. Okay, but also, I think wait, we're so underestimating can you walk through a little bit? So, like, how do people participate in this? Because there's... There's so many moving parts. It's a little, for the uninitiated, it's a little overwhelming. So how do we get in it? Where do we start? Well, first of all, you want to go to jazzfest.org and Mm -hmm. pull the summer festival and then pull down the full schedule. Okay. It'll show up on your phone, and you can plan it that way. There's wonderful descriptions about the artists, the venues, everything. Mm -hmm. The good thing about jazzfest is that majority of the programs are free. Right. So you can go, you can get your free on, and then you know you want to support our nonprofit service organization of and course. also the wonderful musicians that are making a living doing this fabulous music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you want to you know just plan it that way, and then you everybody come to Jazz Fest at the Yards because you're going to hear uh, there's a kid named Jacob Collier who has um, over 11 million YouTube followers. Okay, he's a human beatbox. He plays 11 instruments. He's going to be there. We're going to have Robert Glasper. We have Gregory uh, Porter. And that's over Father's Day weekend. So, actually, people are making it a Father's Day celebration, and they're coming out on what, Sunday. Uh, are you at the point now where people are banging down the doors to participate? We are at that point, and we have a wonderful artistic director, Willard Jenkins, who is an award-winning jazz journalist, but also a curator for many jazz festivals around the country. And everybody knows Willard. So, like Charlie, uh, mm-hmm. who has the trust of artists, as does Willard, they're calling them all the time. When can I get on? When can I get on? Right. In fact, this year we have 90 bands, 300 artists. I think you need to introduce your special guests. Who are yeah, we have two with special us. guests here, two jazz officials. Charlie Fishman's son is here, Moses Fishman. Hi, Moses. And Kobe, my son, and they're both going to be working the instrument petty zoom today for young kids. So I love when we that. leave here, we're so going to be able to go in and pet collection. instruments. Is that the That's idea? That's right. You're gonna, <laughs> the kids just pet them exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some kids are a little harsher with those instruments than they need to oh, be. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they are. We have to wear earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, I mean, let's – I just I want to get back to you because you're a technology – Conrad is a technology dude. Why jazz? And a wine guy. Get, and a wine guy. Uh, Not whiny, huh? just wine. Oh, no, no, I've a, never heard you actually wine, but I've <laughs> seen you drink a lot of wine and helped you do it. So, why? I, I'm uh, from New York. And uh, grew up with the music. It's probably the sole thing I miss about not being in New York is the exposure to jazz. When I uh, became involved with the festival several years ago and became chairman three years ago, I explained to the board that I have a passion for wine and I would attend jazz festivals near wine regions. So now I go if out to. You want to, me? Uh, this is how this works. I'll be in Monterey uh, this fall. I've been to Hillsburg. 
I've been to Portland Jazz Festival. They're all proximate to uh, great wine regions. Well, what about funding? I mean, is it, it since so much of it is free, where does the funding come from? Well, I guess that's really what the, the board is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the board supports the festival financially, uh, both out of pocket as well as soliciting uh, Grant. uh, grants and sponsors. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. All and right. As mm-hmm. it's grown over the years, what would you say – like some of the highlights are, especially for this season, because it really I mean, grown tremendously. Matheny, you know, you've got some, he's won what, 18 or 20 mm-hmm. Grammys? He has, and guess what? If you haven't bought your tickets, you want to buy them the next yeah, two days because right. he's selling out for I sure bet. at the Kennedy Center, June 12th. I mean, these, are okay. not, these are not minor league players. No, he's, he's award winning. Can we also amazing. give a little love to our beautiful violinist today? To David oh, he's going to be Shulman. playing. Can we bring yes. him up a little, Andy? Let's see. So he's playing an electric violin. Which is way cool. It is way cool, and and you know he's been a friend of the festival for years. We've actually been able to help him advance his career. And as you mentioned, he does some theme music for NPR, and he also um, has a wonderful CD out, and we're selling it at the Phillips Collection today. And, and he has a he website. also has a show, right? He's involved in several shows at. Uh, at one at the Hill yes, Center. Yes, he's doing in the Hill Center on Capitol Hill, which is a great venue to hear really intimate music. Well, I, think this is, I mean, jazz is, if I'm right, the only original American form of music. It is. I mean, there's lots of great music, but the one that's been actually bred and born right here in America, that's right, jazz yeah. is it. And it, at, at one time it was the music, and rock and roll kind of pushed it aside, and big band kind of pushed it aside, but it's important to, to foster uh, an awareness of it and appreciation for it. So, I mean, you guys get kudos for that as well. Keep in mind that D.C. is the home of the great Duke Ellington. Yep. Very true. That's right. And, you know, a lot of musicians that are coming are playing all kinds of music. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we meet people where they are. Jazz is a big umbrella. That's great. You know, bluegrass, rock and roll, soul, gospel, big band. Well, let's make sure everybody knows. Is it dcjazz.org? Did I hear it right? dcjazzfest.org. Yeah, don't so forget the fest. And, yes. dcjazzfest.org. And it's going on from June 9th to the 18th. There are so many events that you can participate in. As Sunny said, a lot of them are free. So you really have an incredible opportunity. And I don't think some people think, oh, you know, there's sometimes, or sometimes people don't think they know jazz or they understand jazz. But this is such a great opportunity to learn about it. That's right. And again, you'd be surprised. Discover the unexpected is our underlying theme. Because you'd be surprised that jazz really meets you where you are. Some things you think is something else. It's jazz. It has a jazz base to it. All right. Well, good luck. No rain. Fingers crossed. We've already checked. There is no rain. Okay. Sunny sky. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Andrew, we're coming back to you. This drink was... um, Spicy. It woke me up. I loved it. Mm Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Do you guys have on your website, do you have any drink um, uh, recipes? Uh, not recipes. I don't keep them secret. Uh, if people come in and ask for them, I will this, gladly tell them. This them. thing is great. Why? Like yeah. pride of authorship, right? Like yeah. this is my drink. You want to make it? Why not? Exactly. Can we talk a little bit about the food there, too? Because you got a Michelin bib gourmand for your, for your, your food, too. I yeah, mean, we did. Hitting the ball over the fence. Yeah. Uh, right now we got uh, Chef Cable Smith. And he is doing some amazing things, playing around with uh, different ingredients. And like, right now we have a kale Caesar salad, but the Caesar dressing is made with blended corn. It makes it nice and creamy. Oh, yum. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, now, do you work with the chef when you're putting together your cocktails? A lot of times, yeah. Uh, we have uh, my play on a uh, pina colada right now. Mm-hmm. And we use roasted pineapple that we've 
roast on a. Okay, is pina colada the drink of summer? Because I feel like everybody and their brother and sister are putting pina coladas on their menu for the summer. What is that about? I don't know. Summer. It's cold. It's fruity. It's delicious. How do you make yours? What do you do? So I roast the pineapple on an open fire in our Mm -hmm. kitchen. Uh, I blend that up and make a syrup out of it, and then I make mix it with a coconut syrup and peach-infused dark rum. So it's something just anybody right, like can anybody make at home. You just throw it right. on the grill. Super easy. <laughs> yeah. So is that what you made us here? What is uh, this? No, yeah. right now we got the Aguardiente Punch. Okay. Uh, we've had the Aguardiente Punch since the beginning, mm-hmm. and it changes seasonally, weekly. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to be like, it changes your life. <laughs> it, it might. <laughs> uh, Aguardiente is a Colombian spirit that literally translates to fire water, and it is a anise uh, sweet liqueur, but it's from South America. But is this super strong? Because it doesn't taste super strong. Uh, this one like, is going to hit me later? Probably. Okay. Just wanna, uh, I just want to know what I'm getting into. Yeah, this one has Aguardiente, Singani, uh, which is a Bolivian brandy, mm-hmm. uh, rose wine, and then I let it sit with a lemon oleo. Uh, strawberries and peaches. Damn it, the oleo. I'm gonna be singing. That's gonna be like an earworm. I'm gonna be singing that song all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, great. All right, David. We have two minutes. You want to come up to the mic? Sure. All right. So we were talking a little bit before about uh, the Madeira program. Yeah. And so is that since you've inherited it, is mm-hmm. that something that you're taking and running with? Taking and running with. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So Madeira is uh, one of those beverages. It's unlike you know, anything in the world. Uh, it's interesting in that, you know, with Madeira, it's been beat up from the sun, from heat, from air. You know, wine's three worst enemies uh, come to make Madeira what it is, and it's really, uh, you know, quite unique. So in trying to run with it, yeah, we're trying to add uh, new Madeiras to the program. I brought one with me today that we'll try later on uh, that's made in the vein of uh, what Thomas Jefferson, uh, we think, uh, the, the kind of Madeira that he drank. Um, you what know, is it about? What did we think he was drinking? Like, what do so, you think he was looking for in his drink? So he was he was really born into an era where Madeira was the beverage of the the uh, the colonies at the time. For people who haven't had Madeira, mm-hmm. can you explain just quickly because we have like a minute? Sure. Madeira in a minute. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So like the complexities of Madeira. What is the difference between Madeira and let's say you know the Chardonnay you poured earlier? Okay, so first of all, Madeira is fortified. Uh, which means, uh, you know, it has that aguardente we were talking about before added mm-hmm. to it, uh, the fire water to sort of bolster it. It was really intended to preserve it on its trip from the island of Madeira. It's an archipelago about 620 miles off the coast of Portugal uh, to the East Indies. And uh, they found that it was being damaged uh, by the light and the heat so much that it didn't sustain the trip. But by adding some alcohol to it, literally uh, fortifying the wine, mm-hmm. it sustained the voyage. And uh, it really added some character, depth, uh, certainly some body to the wine, and made it really unique. So nowadays, um, Madeira is made in a style that, um, you know, well, this particular Madeira is made in a style that Thomas Jefferson, we think, drank. And what this was is a recipe that he uh, sort of borrowed from uh, a law professor's wife uh, that he knew. And it calls for 10% of a uh, sweet Madeira and about 90% of a drier sort of Madeira. Okay. Uh, and really has a really elegant sort of silky mouthfeel to it. So right. in short, it's a it's a fortified wine from an archipelago off the coast of Portugal. I love the, that you can say that word because yeah. I'm not even going to try. Oh, you have a friend um, that says archipelago. Yes. Um, tomato, tomato. What are you just quickly, what are you pouring next? Oh, so next is another wine from Virginia that I'm really excited about. This is uh, Michael Shapps. And Michael Shapps is a great guy. He's been making uh, wine in Virginia since 95, I believe. Okay. Also pours, uh, makes wine in Burgundy, not not a 
you know, small order for an American. And the varietal here is Petite Mensang. Uh, grape you might find in the Jurens on southwestern France. Great. Thank you so much. All right. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're having so much fun in studio. We'll be back in just a sec. We are back on Fooding the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're going to switch gears a little here and talk to Kenoshi's master chef, George Rodriguez. Uh, Kenoshi is a restaurant. Hi, guys. Hi. Inside a restaurant, which is unusual. Indeed. And uh, I guess Michael Schlau does a lot of I know, but you do more than things. that. I mean, we're here today to talk about mm-hmm. Kenoshi. Steve Burr is here, too. You're the GM, right? What are you? I'm uh, what are you exactly? an overpaid busboy. He's the overpaid busboy. <laughs> The He's the best busboy in town. He is a he is a sterling human being and the best busboy, <clears throat> and married to a lovely person, Leslie. So yeah, there you go. Leslie. And she's listening now. So no, shout out to Leslie. So Leslie, take that to the bank. <laughs> Leslie, you should so be George, here. Yeah. Let's talk about just Kenoshi, the concept in general. Mm-hmm. So the concept of Kenoshi is the restaurant inside of a restaurant, uh, that kind of uh, hidden little jam, little secret that we have, Kenoshi. Actually, Steve, Shimmy here. Yes, do you know? Want to help me out? Do you know? And, Italiano, uh, see. Si. Yeah, Italian. Um, so we're doing some uh, pretty cool things over there. We have a great wine and a uh, little bit of sake uh, drinks program. And, uh, you know, we're trying to sake is very Italian. Yeah, it's very cool. You can come in. It's a separate beverage program from Alta Strada, which is strictly Italian. It's much more international at Kenoshi. Um, and we will make a cocktail right right next to your table. Essentially, we utilize ingredients, uh, you know, uh, Japanese ingredients and American ingredients and South American ingredients. Uh, the tasting menu at Kenoshi is unlike some of our peers out there in that it's it's incredibly malleable. In that if you have an allergy or there's a preference that you have or don't have, we can we work around. Um, very customized menus. Well, let's talk about George a little because you you were born and raised in Brazil. Yes. You traveled the world. Mm-hmm. You're you know in your culinary travels. Yeah. Was that before you met Michael Schlau or after or both? Yes. Uh, born and raised in Brazil, uh, came to U.S. to work with uh, another chef in Chicago. Uh, after Chicago, there are after, no other chefs, my friend. And, and uh, uh, I moved to Boston. That's when I met uh, Chef Schlau, and I've been working with him since. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. But you opened up Tico. Yes, I opened right? up the original Tico back in Boston. Right. Uh, and then I relocated to open Having the second left. one in D.C. <laughs> Right. Okay, and so with the concept of Kenoshi, since we've eaten there, mm-hmm. you know, and for people who haven't been, so Alta Strada is, you know, this Italian sort of neighborhood comfort, chacheria, right, yeah. pizza yeah. place, exactly, like pizza and great dishes. It's like a perfect place to hang out. Austin mm-hmm. pastas. Exactly. Um, obviously, Steve knows the restaurant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice napkins. Right. Whatever. And then, uh, but then you have this sort of like curtained off uh, little passageway to Kenoshi, and Kenoshi is a little like gem you have this gorgeous um i love i'm obsessed god bless you obsessed with that wallpaper you've got that beautiful gold wallpaper yeah. like tiled wallpaper in there and you have the bar that people can sit at but it's this real um intimate experience mm-hmm. um sort of it's it's not at it's the like whim of the chef restaurant. but it's very boutique exactly <laughs> so how do you come up with the dishes because all your dishes are like the one you brought in today They're very artsy. I mean, they're just beautiful. So how do you come up with them, and and what are you trying to 
to to execute. When we first start talking about Kenosha and me coming on board with uh, Steve and uh, Chef Michael, mm -hmm. um, we wanted the restaurant to be since since the the atmosphere in the restaurant is really like kind of hidden and secret. We still wanted to be approachable and having you know in mind keeping in mind that you know we should be having fun with the food in the space mm -hmm. you know because it, it looks pretty and uh you know it's kind of like hidden but we want people to feel that they can come at any time mm -hmm. um the food personally for me it needs to mm -hmm. be that fun take on on sometimes traditional dishes sometimes just things that i come up with well let's talk about that because you know tico's a much bigger space yeah so being a chef responsible for all that and a different kind of menu is one thing. This almost, I mean, the next step down from Kenoshi is somebody's house, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so are you thinking or sitting around saying, I don't care if the name is Italian, I'm going to I'm gonna experiment and come up with anything that would be fun to eat? I mean, you mentioned sake, which is hardly yeah. Italian. So is that really the approach that it's whatever sounds and tastes good to you is going to be out there? The, the approach, I guess, is just it's having like fun with it. and yeah. fun and International, and you know, many of the big, dishes. Big flavors. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's unexpected, I think, a lot of what George well, puts yeah. together. Let's talk about the octopus because octopus can either be what that was, which yeah. is delicious, or it can be like eating an eraser. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how much does that have to do with how you source the octopus versus how you prep it and 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 cook it. Uh, I mean, that dish was inspired in a trip that I did with my wife a couple of years ago to Barcelona, and uh, <clears throat> over there they serve the octopus simply cooked. I mean, they don't do a lot, and you know that's why I always liked working with Spanish octopus um, because they work Is it because best of for what you want. It's the accent, right? <laughs> it's the accent. <laughs> um, so you know that's. I love working. I've been always working with uh, Spanish octopus. That's what works best for me and what I can do with it. So how do you get it? I mean, it's flown in every day? Um, we work closely with our purveyors, um, and, you know, we definitely get them um, off the coast of Spain, and uh, that's something that we can get. Could they be Portuguese octopus? Um, <laughs> let's not focus uh, on that. Yeah. But, you know, let's talk about the setup in there, because you don't have a full kitchen. No. Right? So... Even though you're a restaurant, it's not executed as a full kitchen. So how do you, is it just a lot of prep work ahead of time? How do you do that? Um, we try to think on the dishes that we come up with uh, uh, in a way that we won't be needing what a, a regular restaurant needs in terms of a fryer or a grill. Because right. we really have, we don't have a hood, so we can't have anything happening over there. We don't have a hood either, but you can yeah. see it <laughs> So, you know, we need to think about something that we can warm up with uh, two toaster ovens and two induction uh, burners. So that must um, be really <clears throat> part of the creative process for you. Yeah. Actually, so it was some, that was something that I was really concerned, uh, and I voiced as concerned <laughs> in the beginning. But then later on, it turns out that when you come up with a, an idea and mm -hmm. you can execute that, we, you find creative ways to still executing with uh, – what do we have? But you also do a lot of, because uh, your product is so pristine, a lot of uh, raw products. Yes, you know, yes. You manipulate them a little bit, but mm -hmm. you know, mostly there's a lot of product that you know you're not really even cooking. No, we still definitely uh, have uh, a good piece of the menu to be mm -hmm. still uh, sort of uh, sashimi or ceviche uncooked mm -hmm. uh, kind of. Uh, dishes that we still have. And let's talk lastly, and maybe Steve, you can talk about this a little bit. I, that that bar cart is so fabulous. I mean, when you walk in and you see people like pushing it and it just, 
You, I don't <coughs> normally order cocktails. No, um, don't Offense be mad, Andrew. <laughs> but um, but when you see that, you're kind of like, oh, maybe I'll have somebody make a cocktail table side for me. I mean, it just looks fun and interesting. It, it is, and with you know, George alluded and David um, about the limited amount of space, so we had to be really creative. George has done it uh, magnificently with the food, and we had to do it with beverage. And mm -hmm. uh, there's some different products over there, and uh, we're able to uh, pre-mix some of the the products for speed right but then also like like what david was doing, like literally shaking in the restaurant and it's i mean it's the size of somebody's bedroom so uh it's, it's very visible not our bedroom. <laughs> for, i don't know whose bedroom you're in visible for everybody and it's it's part of the theatrics of it and it and i think it, it adds to making the, the experience special but i may add a cocktail card to our bedroom that's, like <laughs> that's the idea i probably am <laughs> It's getting tougher. And tougher. <laughs> okay. All right. So listen, let's tell everybody where Kenoshi is and how to find you guys online. We are at 465K in Mount Vernon Triangle. Mm -hmm. uh, our social media handles are at Kenoshi, C-O-N-O-C-I-C-V. Mm -hmm. uh, we are open for dinner uh, Tuesday through Saturday. And I also want to say, and I know this probably isn't one of your marketing points, but it would also be a beautiful room for like a little party. It's perfect for that. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. I, like. I would have used that for something like with one of my bar, you know, like it's with one of the many bar mitzvahs that I wrote, like a cocktail reception. Seated. You can do the food from the other side yeah. if you prefer Italian. <laughs> right. It's just it's a very gorgeous adaptable. room. Thank yeah, you. I right. just love it for that. Okay. All right, thank, guys. You. Oh, thank you. Guys. Thank, thank you. And thank you for food. the octopus. Thanks so much. All right. So, much. so we're going to switch gears kind of to food. And Amanda Nover's here. Okay. Guys, we're going to have to switch her out and get her in front of a microphone. Amanda's special events director with Food and Friends. Uh, we know Food and Friends very well. Food and Friends serves thousands of meals. Actually, since they were founded, more than 20 million meals to folks who are housebound or even bedbound with life-threatening diseases. And um, we've worked in your kitchen, which is awesome, and we've delivered meals, which feels awesome. And it feels good to do that. And you've got an event coming up, the 27th Annual Chef's Best Dinner and Auction on June 19th at the Marriott Marquis. Amanda, why don't you tell everybody about Chef's Best? Absolutely. Chef's Best is going to be a great time. As you said, Monday, June 19th at the Marriott Marquis. We're going to be bringing together about 1,000 guests and 40 amazing local chefs and mixologists to sample some of their finest fare. And we're going to be raising more than $900,000 to support Food and Friends' important work. So let's talk well, about I, let's, I mean, listen, I know we have you guys on a lot, but as a um, huge supporter of Food and Friends and the kind of work that you guys do, let's just give, because we have about a minute, everybody the elevator speech on Food and Friends, and then we'll come back and talk more about the event and what will be happening. Sure. Food and Friends is an amazing organization, and I'm so glad you guys are supporters. As uh, you said, we provide nutritious meals and groceries for people who are stuck at home living with HIV and AIDS, cancer, and other illnesses. We have our own team of chefs and dietitians who put together 11 different nutritious meal plans that are delivered right to our clients' doors by over 9,000 volunteers, yeah, volunteers every year. Right. We really do. As volunteers, it's an amazing, amazing process. And the facility, I say this every time. The kitchen's this is, the size of a football. I mean, the facility just blows me away. And it is amazing how you're able to get all these volunteers to work together and put together these meals. Democrats or, and Republicans. Yes. <laughs> uh, total nonpartisan, but to put the either groceries or the food, mm -hmm. uh, the menus together mm -hmm. for these specific diets because these are people who are homebound, who cannot get out. Some of them have families, mm -hmm. and you're able to not only help them but their families. Exactly. It's, you know, mm -hmm. it's so, so important. And some of these people are in areas where there are real food deserts, and mm -hmm. they just – 
You can't get out. You just don't have access. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, our delivery area is more than 5,300 square miles. We mm-hmm. deliver all the way up to Hagerstown, Maryland, and all the way down to Fredericksburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. all wards of the district. And like you said, we not only provide food for our client, but also a caregiver and dependents as well. All right. Let's... All right. On that, we're going to take a break. Yeah, and then we'll when come we come back, back yeah. we'll talk about who the chair is and what they're doing this year. It's awesome. going to be really fabulous. And let's listen to David Shulman play us oh, out. Oh, yes. David Shulman's going to play us out. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We got some DC Jazz Fest in the studio. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. That's David Shulman who is a jazz violinist or violinist, if you're a meatball like me, and he'll be at D.C. Jazz Fest Wait, coming up. Wait, how is it supposed to be said? Huh? It's it can be said either. If you're a right? snoot, you say violinist. How right? do you say it, Conrad? Either way. Okay. Uh, Conrad, now, I've challenged him now. Okay. <laughs> All right, before we get back to the show, I want to thank our sponsors, the folks at ProFish, Celebrity Cruises, and Central Farm Markets. And especially, I want to mention uh, the market at River Falls in Scenic, downtown Potomac, Maryland. It's They've such got a great a, market. A June special going. When you talk about all beef at 20% off, you're not talking about meatball beef. You're talking about the finest beef in the city. This, this I mean, we had some steaks from there that two weeks fabulous. ago that, that they were mouth melters. They were unbelievable. So well, go to But they carry them from really fabulous farms. They have a, um, Wagyu beef and they have Shenandoah Valley beef. So, um, you know, you're getting really quality. Uh, and their fish there is also amazing. Fish is good. The prepared we go there like once good. a week. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why we talk about them so that's much. That's right. Maybe that's why I'm on a diet. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get back to Amanda. So let's talk about some of the chefs that are going to be at Chef's Best and where is Chef's Best and all the kind of nitty gritty. Sure. So we have an amazing lineup of chefs this year, led by our awesome chef chair, Marjorie Meek Bradley from Smoked and Stacked. Late of Top Chef, right? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Finalist on last season of Top Chef. We are so excited, and she has really helped us put together an amazing, amazing group of chefs and mixologists. We have Amy Brandwine coming from Centralina, Mm -hmm. Tony Chittam, Iron Gate, Matt Adler from Shaw Restaurant Group, Adam Bernhardt. Eric Bruner-Yang is going to be there. Eric Bruner-Yang is going to be there. Two Birds, One Stone. stone. Danny Lee from Mandu. Yes, definitely. Even uh, Mitch Berliner Meat Crafters, who dialed in, is going to be joining us this year, too. Oh, will he be crafting meat? <laughs> I think they will Perhaps be sampling be. their handcrafted salami. Right, yeah. wh- <laughs> they are delicious, by the way. Yeah, I can't wait to try them. Oh, my God. They do a lamb sausage that is amazing. Like a, a lamb salami. Yeah. Like a little stick. It's really delicious. It's going to be so awesome. And there will also be opportunities to have some of these amazing chefs cook dinner for you in your home in our auction. Yeah, let's talk about the auction a little bit. Sure. So our event will have a live auction and a silent auction. We have amazing packages. We've got trips to Thailand and Aruba, Mexico, New Orleans. Um, It's going to be totally awesome, plus ultimate foodie packages. Um, In both the live auction and silent auction, you can have Marjorie Meek Bradley make dinner for you at home. You can have dinner um she should do that anyways i know she should just be cooking for us (laughs) absolutely and um you can even have our amazing executive chef mark lowcraft Mm -hmm. make dinner for you in your home which should be a really special experience tell everybody how to get tickets absolutely go to www.foodandfriends.org slash slash chef's best you can purchase tickets online they're 350 dollars each 
or you can sponsor the event because, like I said, we're going to be raising more than $900,000. How much did you guys raise last year? Last year was more than 800000 so, so we're trying to beat that this year. Go, go, go. Right. Exactly. Well, and it's such an important fundraiser for this group because, like we said earlier in the show, all the money that is raised really goes to helping them execute their mission, which is to feed people who are homebound, who are sick with cancer or AIDS. And exactly. it's uh, given the... Um, Conrad wants to oh, say something. it's June no, 19th. June yep, 19th. Monday, yeah. June 19th. Monday, June 19th at the Marriott But it's just so important because so many of these people um, are homebound and they're in areas that are food deserts, and it's important to help those in need. And, food Absolutely. and, and of course, you want to consult your tax advisor, but I'd say that that 350 bucks is mostly tax deductible. Yes, it is mostly tax <laughs> deductible. Right, there we go. Okay. Always important. All right, thanks. thanks. All right, so let's go back to David quickly. David, yeah, what, sure. What was the, I, I lost track of the last thing that was poured. Oh. oh, the Michael Schaap's Petite Mensang. Yeah, it was delicious. It goes really well with Octopus Chef. Yeah, it was lovely. Learned something new today. Yeah, it was lovely. Fantastic. Okay, what are we going to You brought in all you these delicious You said Octopus wines. Chef together. It, there was no comma, so he sounds like he's an octopus. He might as well be. <laughs> what are we pouring next? So one? next is a, is a wine from California. It's from uh, the Ojai Vineyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, these guys are in uh, Ventura County. Um, this is a, a winery that's um, it's been around for almost three decades, uh, headed by a guy named uh, Adam Tolmach. And Adam uh, got his start. He's a UC Davis grad. Uh, actually, graduated Davis the year I was born in '76, and um, started a are winery. Are you just trying to tell us how young you are? Oh, are go on. Get out My of here. new favorite. Okay. <laughs> young whippersnapper. Yeah. So uh, started a winery with uh, Jim Clendenin called Obon Climat. Okay. And they they parted ways, and uh, he started. Uh, well, well, oh, I feel he, like what, there's a story there. There, there is. Okay, yeah, but we don't but have time to get Only so it. many hours in a day. Right. But, yeah. So he started, uh, you know, with his own project, the Ojai Vineyard, and uh, they make oof, a, a lot of different wines. But I brought uh, their uh, rosé uh, with me today because you know it's a perfect time of year to drink rosé, and uh, I think rosé can get a bad rep because there is so much of it. Sometimes it can be an afterthought uh, in the winemaking process. But this is a rosé that is meant to be rosé, meaning they grow their grapes. Um, in Ventura County and next door in Santa Barbara County. So they're County. not just hopping on the trend. C- correct. Yeah, right. they're not hop- hopping on the trend, and they're not, you know, just uh, some. Sometimes winemakers might bleed off a little bit of the juice to concentrate their red wines mm-hmm. and sell that uh, as 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 rosé. Not these guys. This is the this is a focus for them. Okay, well, since we're winding you up, because sure. we do have to get back to Andrew, just tell us quickly, um, you know, like when people come to your restaurant, mm-hmm. how they can interact with you and sort of learn more about the wines you're pouring and ask for you and et cetera. Oh, easy. Open the wine list and I'll show up. Okay. Uh, or, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Madame like call and response. It's very Pavlovian. Do people just with yeah, you exactly. all the time? Like, over the menu, here yeah. you go. Wait, wait, wait. I want to, does your accent change at all? <laughs> yes, it, my accent changes when, uh, if I have uh, a couple, two, three drinks in me, then Jersey comes back, <laughs> boom, Jersey boom, like, just like that. How you doing? How you doing over there? What's the difference yep. between this wine and that oh, one? Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Forget about it. No, but yeah, open the wine list. I try make myself known. I don't like to be the guy that pops out of nowhere. Is like, oh, here comes someone who's trying to sell me something. Uh, I, I like to greet you at the door, pour you water, pull out a chair, you know, whatever I can do to make you feel uh, more comfortable at, right. uh, at the Jefferson. Unfortunately, we got a wrap. We're almost done. No Go problem. see David Metz at Plume at the Jefferson for a, a, an unforgettable experience. Right, real. not just food, and but Andrew, also Speaking wine. of unforgettable, you're up for your first Rammy, correct? That is correct. That's so what does that, does, do you care? What does that mean to you? I mean, it's a pretty big deal. We care. We think it's a <laughs> very big deal. Are you going to wear a gown to the event? Of course. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so guy. we can sort of piggyback on David talking about rosé because you poured us Rosita vermouth. Yes. So what does that mean? Uh, so it is a rosé-based vermouth that we fortified with Singani. Uh, and then we 
let it sit with a whole bunch of different herbs and spices, including <laughs> fresh wormwood. Uh, so it is a little bit bitter. Uh, we kind of tried to do that on purpose. So it's a cross between worms. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a cross between a vermouth and a bitter like Campari or Aperol That's or something good. like that. I so don't how do you like bitter drinks. But That's so you delicious. have this on draft. So how do you normally serve it for people? Uh, usually in a rocks glass, and then I'll top it off with a little bit of soda like a and a of spritz soda. of lemon. But is it a – I feel like we've had people come in to talk about vermouth before, and I know that there are people who – who do order it, mm -hmm. but is it something that's a hard sell for people? Like when you're like, yeah, we have rosé vermouth on draft. They're like, oh yeah, give me that. Or how do you how do you market that to people? Uh, it's it's kind of a specialty market for people that really want to try the vermouth. Uh, mm -hmm. I am working on putting it on a different cup, a couple of different cocktails. Okay. Uh, we celebrating Negroni week this coming week. I have a new Negroni menu that I'm going to do for our it's Royal It's a different Nights. week every week. I you know. do know that, right? Yeah. Like Negroni, <laughs> and then I don't know. I bet you take that. Uber a lot, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uber should start paying our show because everybody That's has right. to Uber out of That's here every right. week. Yeah, and so uh, for for Royal Nights next Monday, I'm doing four new Negronis, including a Negroni uh, with the Rosie Devermaid. All right, tell everybody where the Royal is because the show's almost over. Okay. 501 Florida Northwest in LaDroit Park. Go see them. All right, guys. go see them. And you can go for, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, dinner basically, yeah. and right? And late, late and we night. We need to do a special shout-out and thanks uh, to Red Apron uh, Burger Bar. They came in today with these fabulous... Uh, pancake and burgers, and it's basically pancake, burger, egg, and maple and, syrup. And, you dunk it in and the if maple you want syrup. to eat this for breakfast every morning, you better plan on going to work out afterwards. And then you take your fat butt somewhere to work it <laughs> right, off, exactly, exactly, which is what I'll be doing. So we want to thank them for delivering them in studio and this thanks morning. thanks to David Shulman from DC Jazz Fest and the folks yes. from DC Jazz Fest. Go there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, everything you heard about on the show today. Uh, you can find on Nikki's website. We've got a podcast up on Audio Boom with the, over 200 shows archived up there. Mm -hmm. And follow Nikki on WTOP every Thursday at 1240. Yes, and uh, next week is going to be no slouch either. We have uh, the champagne board coming in. They're going to be pouring grower champagne. Oh, no, not oh again. Oh, my God. Conrad, maybe you should come uh, in for that. Cover, you can be an intern. And uh, barbecue week is coming, and that is through the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington. So we'll be having some Q in studio. It's a tough And life. lastly, uh, Hennessy is doing a specialty dinner at Bobby Vans, and they're going to be coming in and pouring that. So we want to thank all of our studio yeah, for coming in today. Thank you so much for such a delicious show. Please watch it on Facebook. Facebook Live, and everybody, please have a delicious week.